another episode of That Changed My Life. We are incredibly excited for today's guest, Jenna Davies. So today we're going to be going into Jenna Davies' business, but then also we're doing the mini segment of She Bought a House. And congratulations to Jenna on purchasing her first investment property. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love um, the concept of you too. I love your podcast and Yes, she bought a house. My goodness, it feels like a lifetime ago now, but it was only a couple of months ago. Um, I think that's what happens with an investment property. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind almost. Yeah, um, so I definitely am really excited to talk to you about that. And I also want to let our audience know just a little bit about you. Um, so Jenna has an, a business called Big Appetite, which is very much focused on marketing and scaling up businesses. So everything digital and online. And you can really organically grow with her tools and tactics that she has from building your website to doing automations and email marketing. She also is a powerhouse that has created a brand, Butter Up, that is really about spreading <laughs> the joy. So this is a pinnacle of Jenna's personality, of being positive and spreading joy to everyone. Um, and then also she has the fitness business strategy. So anyone in the fitness business, which is really translatable to other businesses as well, um, but that one does go into specific tools and tactics for that particular business. Um, so Jenna, welcome. And would you mind just Thank telling you. us like a little bit about yourself? Yes, what an intro, my goodness. Um, okay, so where to start? Well, I was born in South Africa, immigrated to Australia with my family when I was four. I still call South Africa home. I go back a lot. Um, I'm very blessed to have two homes. But what that really meant for me from a young age was my family here was quite small. My extended family was all still over there. And I grew up really close, essentially, I guess, to my the, my family household, usual family things. Um started going to work with my dad as a kid. I really I really fell into the corporate world quite early. I loved it. Obviously, I, I finished school and um, I went to uni. I did a commerce degree and my first corporate job was working in um, one of my dad's offices uh, for the company that he worked for, which was actually a commercial facility services company. So I started out selling pest control and hygiene services commercially, which is definitely not the kind of industry that I would have wanted to stay in for too long. So um, I didn't, but I learned a lot there about sales and I really stepped into a, into a strong sales role being in the Sydney city and I loved it. And um, from there, went away for a bit, went overseas, put on a little bit of weight as you do. And I started working with a trainer, got qualified in health and fitness just because I was fascinated by the changes happening to my body. Um, which actually then was a, a great segue for me into a pharmaceutical company as a junior marketer, marketing assistant. So that is where I really started to um, learn the marketing skill set across an array of um, areas, I guess, in a big company like that. So working through brand, product, sales, inventory and all the rest and then progressed through there before I started in the fitness industry, working for an education company, building and digitizing online courses for trainers to get certified and then extended education. So um, that's sort of my professional uh, career to sped up into a few moments. And uh, my first company, my first marketing company, I started in 2020, and that was Jenna Davies Marketing. 
where I was consulting um, and really working as part of a team for businesses. And then that grew um, and grew into Big Appetite as I as we started that venture as well and, and moved on from there. Amazing. Thank you so much for all those insights into everything that you've done. Um, I have followed your journey um, as well on the sideline and I noticed that you are very good at stepping into Jenna 2.0 and I feel like you're like at a, like 100.0 now. <laughs> like <I'm really laughs> you've been able to step into so you're able to i guess see a vision which is very entrepreneurial and step into being the person you need to be to achieve that one do you think that stepping like creating seeing the vision and starting acting as if do you think that gets you closer and then also who's the version of you that you're kind of stepping into now oh great questions um and thank you so yeah definitely if you can dream it you can do it and you can only think the quality of thoughts that you are able to think based on your societal conditioning, your program, your environment. And there's a, I always talk about the goldfish analogy and this weeks people out, but if you want to Google goldfish in the wild, in the ocean, they are so huge compared to what you see in a fishbowl. And that is because a goldfish can only grow as big as its environment. So the stimulus and the content that you the, the content that you consume and the stimulus around you, the people you hang out with, the podcasts you listen to, the education that you learn will allow you to think better quality thoughts or different thoughts, whatever that may be. If you watch a movie about a serial killer or a docuseries or whatever at night before you go to bed, you may have nightmares about being murdered versus if you watch inspiring things about biohacking, you'll have a very different idea of how you want to start your day the next day. So I invest heavily into the content that I consume and the quality of the conversations that I have with people. And it allowed me to dream bigger because I've always thought if they can do it, I can do it. And it's literally true because we're all actually human. Um, whilst we all manipulate our time and money di- uh, accordingly or, or at our own sort of will, you are your greatest leverage and your skill set will allow you to pull those levers to really catapult as you grow. And I think that's something that um, property is so good at. You know, if you really want to get ahead in life, you can make the right decisions really fast and you can make money fast and you could save it. But um coming back to the question yes you can definitely do anything you set your mind to 100% you can um you just have to believe it and and if you can dream it you can definitely do it there's people that have stepped on the moon apparently (laughs) um but that's another conversation and yeah so I think the the next version of me the version that I'm becoming I'm really imagining and dreaming of the strongest leader um and manager and learner because I think the version of me that I'm, I'm, well, I know the version of me that I'm working to become, there's a, there's like an ignorant step between where I'm at now and where I want to be. And the only way to get there is to learn. So continuing to learn, like if you want to have a eight figure company and you have seven, or if you want to have 10 investment properties and you have one, you've got to close the gap with knowledge to really learn to get there. Right. So um, learning and leading really is the next version of me that I am working for. That's um, super exciting and very aspirational as well. In terms of, say, people that resonate with what you're saying, but they're like, oh, if I assess the five people I'm around, they're my great friends, but they're not necessarily that aspirational level of where I want to get to. Do you have any recommendations of 
like I guess orchestrating that like I know like you can listen to podcasts you can start to like set your mind to I guess feed your mind with different thoughts so then you can have different outcomes because you can only it all starts as a thought so unless you're thinking different thoughts you're repetitively going to be staying the same in a way yeah definitely so choose wisely because you can have no friends, you can have 10 friends, you can have all the friends in the world, but they will still shape you based on your choices. Everything that happens in life, essentially you want to assume 100% fault. So for me, I would tune into this podcast. There's three of us right here and I guarantee you, you will learn something from one of us. Tune into podcasts on the way home instead of calling somebody to listen to them vent about their shitty relationship that they keep telling you about and doing nothing about or um, just set boundaries with your time. Your time is an investment. When you don't have money to invest, you need to realize you have time and time is more valuable than money because you can make more money, but you can't make more time. And the rate in which you learn will allow you to make money faster, right? If you knew how to do it, there's people who've made hundreds of millions of dollars in a short space of time it's because they knew how to do it. So it can be done, right? So, um, I mean, obviously that's just using money as a goal, but you need to invest your time wisely and set boundaries with where you spend your time. So podcasts, audio books, networking events, online courses and community groups, um, audio books. I think I said that, but definitely (laughs) surround yourself with people who model the behaviors that strengthen the traits that you want to embody. And if you can't find those people around you, you need to go to them. So if you want to have an investing portfolio, have passive income and own your own business, then I would be going to property seminars and listening to business talks and going to networking events and hanging out, putting myself in the proximity of those people who have what I want. And I think that's one of the great things about society now is we have access to all of those different things. You know, you can type something into YouTube and learn 10 things to know before purchasing an investment property. You can surround yourself with those people and those resources. Exactly. And like the search functionality of social media platforms (laughs) these days, we are actually so blessed. Sometimes I will turn that into, I'll never want to have kids in this world because it's terrifying. But on the flip side, We are so blessed. We as a generation and as a society have the greatest advantage we've ever had. The world is the smallest it's ever been. And um, we are all so accessible to each other, which has obviously a light and a dark side to it. But you can, the way that people are searching for information on TikTok is absolutely frightening. But TikTok, Mm -hmm. YouTube, whatever it is, you search it, you you can dabble in it with a 30-second real or video and then if you want to learn a little bit more about it you can listen to a long form youtube video or a podcast and the cool thing is once you're you want to stay curious because once you hear something you want to obviously check multiple sources and and you kind of end up going down rabbit holes but there's so many people who are self-taught so many people who are self-taught in all areas of 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 growth, whether it's running a business, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs are self-taught, um, or or investing or, or or saving or whatever it is. Amazing, yeah. We definitely ourselves, like if you are entrepreneurial, you find a way and you're more inclined to go find the answers yourself. And exactly. I find also that like typically like what you can learn in university becomes redundant depending on your topic. But 
I find quite often became redundant very quickly. Yeah, I, I look, I get asked I get asked this question often, especially on social media with young girls or women asking me if they should encourage their children to go to university. And I cannot speak highly enough for my time at university. University came when I, I started uni at 17 and I had, I was not in a great place, like personally with my family breaking up at that point in time and being very near down the wrong path and choosing a trade, which is not, there's nothing wrong with that. But would my entrepreneurial brain and skill set and tool belt have formed? Would I have rubbed shoulders with the same people that were pivotal in changing the trajectory of my life? Whilst uni didn't necessarily give me the life I have now, it did give me, it taught me discipline, it taught me perseverance, it taught me communication, it taught me patience. And it put me in rooms with people who inspired me to think bigger because when you go to school, it's like the, the, the fishbowl, the fish right, for the goldfish. And you and your friends are friends because you kind of look the same and you like the same shit. And then you go and end up doing what one of them does. But when you go to a university, I, not many of my friends actually went to uni and I had to make new friends which came from completely other ends of the city and different family makeups and cultures and beliefs and and it just opened me up to a whole new world world of opportunity which allowed me to sort of think bigger so I definitely feel being around learners dreamers and doers whatever that looks like I would pay to go to uni again just to rub shoulders with the people in the room not actually to do my MBA you know like I would go back just to see who's there basically um maybe more or less I'd try and pick a different room to be honest but still um you got to start somewhere that's a great place to start I heard Jordan Peterson's launching his own online uni. Sounds like a good one to be oh, part wow. of. Yeah, there are so much cool of those at the moment. Um, so I'll throw over to Maddie because we are very excited to hear about your um, property journey. Um, so I'll kick off with like, we just want to know, you have recently purchased your first investment property. So looking back, can you just take us back to the beginning of that phase and kind of like a pivotal decision point where you're like, yes, I want to purchase a property and what that looked like for you, like networking or going to these Mm -hmm. seminars. How did that, I guess, initially trigger in your mind that this is what I want to do? Were there any fears that came up as well? Oh, yes. It's a scary process and I was so well advised. I worked with buyer's agents and I worked with a mortgage broker. But, um, well, I mean, I feel that buying a property is sort of planted in your mind from society and I've been it's like I'm of, I'm of a funny belief right who wins when you buy a property well the bank and the government but realistically you can't deny the fact that society wins too if you look at how many what percentage of Australians own more than two or three investment properties and the bracket of wealth that they're in there's correlation and causation for sure but the rate at which you could grow suggests and proves that property is where it's at so I always knew that I needed needed to buy basically Um, but I hate being told what to do and I didn't want to put pressure on myself to buy a house by 25. Um, and then 30 was kind of approaching. So I was like, well, I mean, I'm not married and I don't have kids and that's really far away. So maybe I'll buy a house, but, um, I had, I had a bit of money saved and, um, I was never a really good saver. I just managed to sort of get ahead real quick with a a couple of really good wins in business and, then my sa- my savings sort of doubled. So I was I was ready. I was really ready to buy. I 
um, was renting as well. And I was renting for $900,000 a week. And I thought I could be paying off a mortgage and it just didn't seem smart anymore. And my accountant advised me uh, around making this decision and the pros and cons or, or benefits of either owner, occupier or investor. So I really did. For, for my first piece of advice is get educated. Don't try and work this out. If something went wrong with my car, you will not catch me underneath it. Like, no. So just get educated. The first thing I did was went to my accountant. I was like, what should I do? And then I spoke to my friend's husband who's in real estate. And I spoke to my friend, Mark, who is in real estate, definitely. And um, I started with just looking at, am I going to look at something to buy in? And I got really excited about that, but it was quite disheartening, the Sydney property market. Um, No matter how great you think your budget is, it's just not I live in the eastern suburbs, so and I'm by myself. Um, and then I sort of so made this crazy, yeah. And then I, I made the decision to invest. And when I decided not to buy to move into it, I felt this weight off my shoulders because it was like the ultimate commitment issue. Every, the great, like everyone was sort of, or the general consensus of advice, whether this is right or wrong, was one: go after your biggest investment first if you can, but two don't buy anything that you already plan to move out of because the the way that you want to hold it for a certain amount of time and whatever's happening, I don't know. So I was like, okay, well, there goes my two bedroom, dark, dingy apartment. Um, so I started looking for an investment property and then this whole new wave of emotion came over me and it was fear. It was like gambling you start hearing horror stories. Once you yeah. say, I'm going to buy a property, everyone's an expert. Everyone's got a story. Someone Everyone doubled- loves to tell you the story. Oh, somebody doubled their money. You have to buy here. Don't buy there. I've made a loss and never buy off the plan and buy off the plan and pay it off later. I'm just like, it becomes a lot. And I, I, my business is to run my business and I, I try and be really good at learning or proficient at learning what I need to learn to get there or to my goals. And all of a sudden learning about hot property, which areas are the greatest was just, didn't seem like a good use of my time. And it made me nervous even more. Cause I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? Cause it really is, it's actually not a gamble. You can take calculated risks, but it's Great. more of a gamble, the less educated you are. So cue buyers agents. Um, I always knew I would work with a buyer's agent, I must say, um, particularly for an investment because of the Queensland area being so hot for hot property, I guess, Queensland, Perth, Melbourne. Um, I just knew that I was going to work with a buyer's agent and I, as soon as I appointed the buyer's agent who I'd been in talks with for the longest time, I think they thought I was <laughs> the worst client, but they, they stuck with me and I got there in the end and they were amazing. They really handled so much looking at the inspection, looking at the properties, sending me videos, sending me summaries. It just made me feel like I could relax finally, yeah. you know, and um, yeah, they, they really did everything for me. The only thing that I really seemed to struggle with was printing and scanning things, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we got there in the end as well. And that's one of the benefits of working with a buyer's agent is knowing that you have that trusted professional out there that's representing your best interest in the market and that like, has got your back, right? Because mm-hmm. well, there's so I many different know. types. Yeah, I didn't know the difference between like between a buyer's agent and a seller's agent. I'd never even heard of um, 
or really wasn't really familiar with buyer's agents before I sort of went on this journey myself. And um, I mean, it makes sense. If you were selling your house, you would get a sales agent. And if you exactly. were buying your house, wouldn't you want somebody acting in your best interest? Um, One of the biggest purchases of your life. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So it was a really exciting journey. I'm so grateful that my friend was here with me when I took the call that we'd settled or, or gone um not even unconditional. There's so many little stages, but um, yeah, I'm really like really keen to sort of continuing that path. The more I learn about property, the more it blows me away to just see the evidence for growth. Um, and so, yeah, it's like definitely, definitely a, I would call it a bit of a side, side hobby. <laughs> um, passion project. Yeah. Passion project for sure. Cause now I'm just going to find my next deposit. <laughs> Which is so exciting. Exactly. I was listening to your stories a few weeks ago and you spoke about rent vesting. Yeah. And I think that's a strategy that you chose and that you're looking to do. Could you just share how you came to that strategy? Yeah. Look, I know um, if I don't give Mark Carroll a shout out on this podcast, (laughs) I'll hear about it later. But um, Mark is a really good friend of mine who is so well vested in the investing space he's got a lot of knowledge and education in this space and has a lot of property and um when I'm actually renting his place right now so but um when I was talking to him about buying and talking to him about what I was looking for I was asking him for some advice because he has bought in that price range in this area um and he really knows what to look for because he's done it a few times and worked with quite a few uh, buyers agents and eventually we he just sort of helped me come and I think when you make a decision like this your advisors are hugely important and I just want to point out I love my dad who's my life advisor but my dad is also very very like safe and secure and old school and the thought of buying something I'd never seen to him is outrageous um he's very much like you just need to look after yourself in case you have to move back home because you're bankrupt <laughs> like yeah he's very much just play it safe like he if he had it his way I'd probably still have had my job um so really it's it, the numbers had to weigh it up I made a data-driven decision I looked at everything I wanted to live in on the rental market and I started looking at the what I could buy for And what I could buy for versus what I could rent that same apartment for was very different. As a single person living alone, I'm 30. Quality of life is hugely important to me. I don't want to live in Bondi and just watch my friends go have fun every weekend because interest rates are rising at an unknown sort of capacity. Um, So for me, it was like, okay, what's going to make me more comfortable? And then growth you have to I think as a as an individual you have to set your goals and that'll determine it like I could have chosen to live in this property in Queensland but I've, I've chosen to live where I want to live I'm I believe location is energy I've made an investment into my environment by renting here it's beautiful it's sunny it's close to where I want to live I love my lifestyle these are things that I couldn't buy for um and I could rent for it so I chose to buy somewhere that hopefully offers great growth and the yield is still manageable. I'm only out of pocket 50 bucks a week. So really my money is going to make me money because my mortgage payments are basically covered. And that money that I had in shares 
no one's paying that off or, or paying to no one's topping it up anymore because I've stopped doing that for a period of time so I, I never considered this with property like you put in 100k and you commit to say 650 bucks a week whatever it is and someone's paying me 600 bucks a week so I'm like I can pay 50 bucks a week and I get 650 Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's so. And doable. they're paying off your mortgage. Exactly. So, so, and I know that might sound dumb, but I just mm-hmm. never thought about this sort of a thing because I was so busy focusing on my own priorities. So rent vesting basically came down to where do I want to live and how do I want to live? Because how will that make me feel? And what can I do when I feel unstoppable? I know I can make that money back versus when I feel like there's a noose around my neck because I can't go do what I want to do and Uber Eats is now a luxury. (laughs) I love this so much and everything's energy, right? And the energy that you're vibrating at is the energy that you'll attract. And, you know, 10 years ago, there was all the talk about hustle, 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 you know, working 15 hours a day and, you know, saving every single bit, stopping eating your avocado on toast and all of that. I love that people are stepping into this version where it's like, you know what, I can have my cake and I can eat it too. And I can live where I want to live, but I can still build my life. I can create passive income. I can build wealth through property Mm. without sacrificing a morning coffee if that's what makes me happy and makes me a better human. Well, Maddie, it's really interesting that you say that because it's like, are people stepping into this or are people still scared to get the smash avo? Is your environment just changing based on your goals? Because the re- the numbers show it's less than 1% of the, the country who have a few investment properties or something yeah. like that, right? So re- the reality is people are still saving their pennies. People are still cutting costs. And if that's you... I'm here for you. Honestly, if you're at a point right now where your rent's gone up 200 bucks a week and you don't have a choice but to pull it from somewhere else, that's your first choice. And great, good good move. But your second choice is I need to get out of this situation. What can I leverage? And it's your money or your time. And you can either spend money to make time or you can spend time to make money. So invest your three hours a week that you're on Instagram into a course, do an online course and learn or invest in in the people around you and then use that newfound skill or strength and skill to make you money. You know, skills pay the bills. So yes, I hear you. You're on a salary. Your boss said no to a pay rise and your landlord said yes, but you're not the only one. People have done it before. So you can move out of this situation. You just have to be leveraging your input to manipulate your output accordingly. And that's one of the most amazing things about this life that we live, right? We're really only one choice, one decision away from changing the trajectory, from going into this direction, from starting to save for our first property. But it does start with making that choice and making that choice for you. Yeah, definitely. You have mm-hmm. to you have to take ownership. You have to take extreme responsibility. And I think it's really easy look, I don't even want to say as a woman, but I, for me, I think it's really easy to kind of cruise through. Like I could live paycheck to paycheck and nobody would know because it doesn't matter. I get by every week or, um, I, you know, like you invest into what you value. So it could be time with your friends. It could be trips. It could be surgery. It could be aesthetics. It could be, um, education, property, whatever it is. But your friends and your advisors don't see you making these investments. We're adults now, you know, there's no one watching your 
watching your spending. And I think it's really important that you check yourself and you you say to yourself, am I actually getting myself closer to closer to version 2.0? And when was the last time I was version, you know, predecessor me? Because the reality is you can grow fast. You, there's a, there's a, a quote, it's like a man, a reader lives a thousand lives, a man who doesn't read lives one. You can learn a lot from the people um, before you who have, achieved greatness essentially so I think just making those decisions because property is a, is one of the tools that you can leverage really to grow what skill set could pay you 300 grand in one year that you didn't have a year ago right I'll tell you what skill set it's education it's knowing where to buy <laughs> or knowing who to ask people think I don't know I'll never do that and I'm like well you it's actually really simple just to find the right buyer's agent or to find the right person and turn that money into the into something else or, or whatever it is if you invest it into business or whatever that may be, but you just have to choose and decide. Yeah, we're always upscaling like our knowledge in different areas and getting courses in what we're interested in. And almost that university analogy, we do it more with like masterminds and business coaches. We're putting ourselves in rooms with other people and with like a coach that's done it before and that's going to just speed up that growth as well um you touched on like the version 2.0 again um how do you think like your growth can be expedited to be faster um, i'd love to know your answer on that be a better learner yeah. you can definitely expedite your growth you just have to learn how and it's not that you're a slow learner or that learning is hard for you. You just need to find your learning style. It's science. There's some people who learn like, uh, gosh, we only retain, I think it's something like 30% of what we hear, 50% of what we see and hear, and then 80% of what we see, hear and do or experience, but 95% of what we teach others or something like that. Those numbers are loose, but you can Google it. It's a quote. So look to invest your time to become a better learner how can you speak to others or share with others and sometimes it's maybe you start teaching your sister or actually no dad I will have this argument with you at the dinner table and tell you why investing is where it's at and challenge yourself I mean don't start a fight maybe do whatever that's your journey <laughs> but um really it's about consuming different kinds of content different d deliveries and different modalities some people might do one-on-one -on -one mentoring some people might have courses somebody might have a book and it's about finding what lands for you because really you want to be able to learn super fast so that once you do start to figure out what you're doing and where it's at you can take action a lot faster you get feedback a lot quicker um, or more feedback and data that you can interpret clearly because you know how and then you can make decisions based off that. So I think really it comes down to becoming a better learner, putting yourself in the right environment and, and checking in with yourself often. Self-assessment is key. So where every day I journal and I think where am I going? What am I doing with my life? Where am I standing in my own way? What opportunities do I have to grow? Who can I learn from? And just having that curious mindset and everybody that you meet has somebody to teach you only a fool, has something to teach you only a fool would think differently. I think we have to be open-minded to the people who have beautiful hearts and beautiful minds and are cutthroat or strong and stern or whatever it is we all have, um, 
traits that we can learn about or learn from from other people. Amazing. Thank you for those insights. Um, so definitely know, knowing you from like an online presence, you are a very positive person. And I know everyone has their highs and lows. Um, however, yeah, you're definitely a very positive person. And we did touch on energy before. How do you see that having that and like the energy, how important the energy of your environment is? Because you know that you can like move forward quicker. How have you seen that like energy and like how that's like vibrating at different frequencies as well, if you want to look at it that way too? How do you see that that has made an impact into your business and then potentially like attracting people into your life when you like, put something in your mind, do you find that people are attracted to you about what you want to achieve and that, for example, in property? Yeah, it's phenomenal. It is fucking crazy what I have attracted into my life and that's an imposter. I will say I attracted this because I put it out there. But before I could say that so confidently, I remember hearing about the secret. And it was like the law of attraction. And I'm like, what? Like <laughs> these people are telling other people that they can manifest a better life and it'll happen. And I'm sitting here scratching for dollars. Like I would scam people too if I thought it would make me a best-selling book. That's literally what I used to think. And then I was kind of like, well, you know, the placebo effect is placebo can still work, right? You it take the magic pill and you, now all of a sudden your headache's gone it's gone. So what have you got to lose, but not to play along with the game, call it the secret, call it the game, just start manifesting, start dreaming your better quality of life, whatever you want to call it, you need to have, you need to think better quality thoughts. Okay. And for me, I, um, I think I was always pretty high energy, but I used to be quite a little, little bit savage, a little bit angry. When I was growing up, I was, I was probably a bit more sassy, had an attitude, couldn't be told what to do still that high frequency, I would say. And that kind of turned into, let's just do it. Let's just figure it out. Let's just try. I don't, I'm not scared of failing. I'm, I'm only 30. I could lose everything and I could do it again. And now, obviously, as you age, that gets a little bit more like, oh, I really hope I don't have to. But um, I wasn't afraid to like just muck around and find out. <laughs> I don't want to swear too much on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but in business, it really had probably the greatest return on investment because it's sometimes not what you know, it's who you know. It's put, being in that room, rubbing shoulders with the right people. I met my buyer's agent through my friend. Um, I met my mortgage broker, he's my friend. And these people have taken me, my mortgage broker, who's my friend, took me to a property seminar. And, you know, these these people will put you in that room because they are, we share something in common and we are modeling our values so confidently, which for me, are integrity, growth, honesty, loyalty, learning. And I'm around people who have those same values. So I trust them as we want to seek out opportunities to grow together and learn the skills needed. And it's a really beautiful um, relationship to, to connect with people. And I've now got this amazing group of friends where the world just feels so small. We'll travel internationally, go see each other, go start a business, partnership, collaborations. They just try and figure it out and it's exposure to new markets and new people and all of a sudden the playground that I'm playing in now is international travel, starting businesses, buying houses and seven and eight-figure business owners and not too long ago it was like talking about somebody's hair extensions and who's dating who and where we're going for lunch 
So thank God that changed. And do you think like one of the key points in changing that was initially you got really clear on like your internal values and then did it pivot externally? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I've had a moment, a couple moments throughout life where you just decide enough is enough. I wasn't, I'm not always so freaking happy and energetic. I had the flu last week and I thought I was, I won't even be insulting by saying I thought I was going to die, but I'm just saying like, I really thought I would never be normal again. <laughs> like, um, I've, I've, I've been there. I've been the victim and, um, God, I'm so glad I was able to catch that and, and reframe that because I've seen the victim and I've seen what it does to people. And I think that why me versus what next or, you know, what if or what this, this frame of thinking comes from not believing that you're worthy and deserving of more because you believe the negative shit that you tell yourself as a victim. And that is an energy killer. So um, it's learning. It comes back to education. You learn to catch these thoughts the more aware you become of these, this style of thinking and then you have to choose to, to change them, to reframe those thoughts. And at first it's like manual labor, like, oh, my God, I'm having this thought. It's not helpful. I need to journal or go for a swim or talk to a friend or just change my state or meditate or whatever, and it's really freaking hard. But then eventually I hear those thoughts and I'm just kind of like, no, I'm not not today, Satan. <laughs> I still have those <laughs> thoughts. Where I'm still not human, today. Um, yeah, it's just about learning how to reframe them. Yeah, so that's a great takeaway for the audience. So anyone that feels like taking extreme ownership and maybe recognizing they are um, in a victim mindset over a growth mindset or they may just be having a thought in a moment, um, it's that catch, challenge, change. So you catch the thought that's and then it. you challenge it. So you're like, oh, is this thought even real? Because some thoughts aren't real. And then you go through the process of changing it. So where is the evidence that someone else has done it, for example? Mm-hmm. And then you start that process of belief. Or the evidence that you've done it. You know, I think sometimes people think I'm not worthy, I'm not capable. It's like you've already done this. You do this every day. Like, you know, you've you've survived 100% of your worst days. So you will get through the rest, you know, and it's it's a really powerful tool and it wasn't something that I I knew how to do or was aware of. I, I went down that journey um, after losing my mom and, and going through lots of therapy and kind of realizing just talk therapy wasn't really for me, but I still go. I still go to just talk therapy because it makes me aware as I hold space for myself of the shit that comes out 46 minutes in or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I should probably work on that. And then you learn those tools um, with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming and working with experts in the space really. Um, I know that you've read the book, Stillness is the Key. We love him as an author. I haven't read that specific book, but we do the daily stoic every day. Yeah. Um, And it's a gift that we give as well. Um, So with um, Stillness is the Key, how do you find your stillness? Is it through meditation or is it more of like walking without listening to anything, like turning your phone on airplane mode? Mm, it's a great question. <laughs> I remember I was in yoga and the instructor once said, some people 
would rather walk over broken glass than be still. And I felt that. That was me. I think anyone who's been through something doesn't really love to sit with themselves. And the more shit you've been through, (laughs) the harder that gets. And you end up doing things that don't serve your version 2.0, your higher self. I need to spend time learning. I need to spend time reading and resting. So I need to be really good being by myself. So I had to learn, first of all, how to be by myself. Um, And second of all, I had to learn how to be still. And I'll tell you what, it's still a practice. Some days I can journal for four pages. Some days I can't even write one because I will open the book to autonomously tick a box, but I know that I'm not present. And so then I have to find another sort of modality. I love yoga. Um, I love yoga for that reason, but I'm also still listening to somebody and trying to do something quite challenging. So um, that's not exactly stillness of the mind, but it's getting closer. Um, I love going for massages or for walks, like a meditative walk with no headphones. But honestly, genuinely, it's journaling for me. Um, It's getting my thoughts out. It's writing Um, sometimes it's even speaking, venting too much on my own podcast, (laughs) but just, just creating some space for yourself to hear, I think is the most important thing. And it does feel different as time goes on, even cooking, anything that's quite mindful. Um, not that I cook very often or for very long because things burn. Yeah, I find I resonate with that because I guess it's the intertwining of like the internal masculine and feminine energies. And I find it quite easy to live in like the masculine, which is like, and then it's almost like, oh, I know that I need or get to do this meditation, but it's sometimes it's like ticking off a box as opposed yeah. to that feminine of just really being present and in the moment. So that's definitely something I'm working on. Yeah, it's that. With thriving structure, I think when you're busy and your numbers focused and your growth focused, these are masculine traits. Um, but being open to learning and um, being vulnerable and being curious, these are quite feminine traits. So I didn't understand these masculine and feminine traits either for a period of time. Um, and you can feel how you want to feel about them. But if it's stopping you from learning about them, then that's ignorance and that's a choice. So... Yeah, um, I definitely feel like as as a business owner, as a as a woman on a mission to go to the freaking moon, you have to be really open to learning, and you have to admit how little you do know. Mm-hmm. Until I'm sitting here telling you that I've got all these seven, eight, nine figure businesses and all these houses, I'm also just trying to figure it out, and I might be a few steps ahead on my journey in comparison to yours, whatever. But really, your journey would already look different, so. Um, yeah, just bringing like mindfulness and stillness and awareness back to the day, I think is probably the most powerful thing that you could start with. This has been such a good conversation. Uh, yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel like, like I could talk about this for hours and hours. Yeah, we should watch up. Three hours, three hour long podcast, but we do yeah. know that we are on a time crunch with our busy businesses. So we do like to end the podcast with, if you were to look back on your life, was there like a pivotal moment or some sort of um, tool or strategy that you implemented that you could say that changed my life? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it might not be as... Um motivating as what you might think obviously I can't ignore the fact that my mom passed away in 2020 
and it happened in January and no, it happened in February, February 21st. And four weeks later, we were in a global shutdown and I just started my first company selling to the fitness industry, which was shut down. So pivotal moment, really deepest of deep ends. Um, but honestly, I'm really grateful for the lessons that, that I've learned and the journey that I've been on since then in some way or another. So I can't, can't deny that. Um, and I guess the other pivotal moment, <laughs> just make it a little bit lighter to finish on that note, um, quitting my job, just quitting my job and knowing I was never going back. And you know what? Losing my mum four weeks later was kind of like, if I can survive this, I can do anything, mm. <laughs> anything. And I will. And what do you, looking back, what gave you the trust to take that leap of faith of quitting your job and then going into business? Education and evidence. You know, I did a a great job and I had clients that were already paying me. So I validated my product offering before I even quit my job, which brought with it obviously about a bit of security, um, which comes from having a plan, which comes from being informed. So, yeah, I think everything is... um, there's cause and effect for everything. Nothing is just as it is, right? And I think that's a big thing for people to understand because some people are like, it is what it is. And I'm like, well, it's not really. <laughs> like it's not. It, it, it's just it, there's cause and effect. So, um, yeah, I think just giving yourself the the tools that you need and, and, and remembering that you are the one pulling the strings in this show called life. So um, choose wisely. And play the game. Yeah, exactly. And keep learning. Keep learning. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining today, Jenna. We'll have everything in the show notes below, so linked below, so you can contact Jenna on Instagram and also her company websites as well. And thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jenna. Bye. That was good.